You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Good day, everybody. Good day, everybody. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning. It is September 28th. How the hell is it September 28th, 2022? It's kind of funny when you get older and older and older and older. I'm going to keep saying older and older until the funk music stops and older and older. It's funny that um, you look at the date and you go, how the freaking hell is it 2022? How has this year already 10 months gone? Uh, or we're starting the 10th month, which it's October. It's Halloween. It's my birthday month, my kid's birthday. Uh, we're all Scorpio people. Even my cat's a Scorpio, who I'm sure you're going to hear in the background sooner or later because she's within two feet of me like always here we go yeah there she is touch her butt she meows it's like a little button back there but you look at the calendars man and you're just kids i mean if you're a kid and you're listening shut up you you know (laughs) this doesn't concern you you have no idea the concept of time you have very few ideas about the concept of anything and and it, and it's it's just a it's a silly silly thing when you're in your 20s you think you know everything you think you know everything i've been around for 20 some odd years of course i know everything i've seen it all i've done it all you've seen it all and done everything that you've done and that you've had the opportunity but you haven't seen or done shit and then you get in your 30s wow You think back to yourself in your 20s and you're like, man, I was a douchebag. This is my personal experience and it should be yours too. Take a second and think about yourself the previous decade and the decade before that. Because after the 30s, I mean, while you're in the 30s, you think, okay, now... I've got my life. I'm a grown ass person. I've I've got it all together. I figured it out. I officially know. I, I I know. I've read the manual to the game of life. I know everything. I've got my thumb right on this whole thing, man. It's under my wheels. Then you get into your forties. Ooh. I'll even say, you get into the first half of your forties. Then you look back at yourself in your thirties and go. Wow, I knew nothing. I don't know how I thought I knew anything at that point. And then you look back further in your 20s and go, God, I hate that guy. That guy was a piece of shit. And don't even worry about like before 20s. You're not even human before you hit like 20 years old. You're just a growing mass of cells and experiences and things. And if you're lucky enough to get out of your preteen and your teen years and you get into your 20s, 
and then you think you've experienced life again, you haven't. And then you get into your thirties and you think, okay, yeah, I've experienced life again. You haven't. And then you get into those first half of your forties up until you're like 45 and you're like, wow, now, now I've got this. I've got this in my hands. No, (laughs) because then comes the second half of your forties. And then you're like, okay, I get it now. I get it that I'll never get it. Does that make any sense to you? When you hit that second, because I remember in my, in my 40s, I was like, God, I really didn't like myself in my 30s, and I hated myself in my 20s. I don't even remember before that. And then you get into, like, you know, past 45, 46, 47. I'm currently going on 48 in just a few weeks. What the hell, man? Yeah, kitty, kitty, I, I understand. That's, you're almost 16, Exactly. You're an old ass bitch. Look, I I say that endearingly. You don't have to bitch me out for saying the word bitch. I know that's more of a dog term, but anyway. I'm in my my latter half of my 40s, and I'm kind of just like uh, realizing even the person in my uh, early half of my 40s, I just didn't get it. And now you start realizing as I get closer to 50, I'm close to 50. I remember when my grandmother was in her 50s. Okay. (laughs) But you get it. You start to get it. It's like, okay, this is like real now. And I understand that I will never get it. I will never have it all figured out. I will never be good at the game of life. My thumb isn't on anything. There's nothing under my wheels. I literally wake up every day and go, okay, I can still walk. No bald spots. Got all my teeth. I'm good. I'm lucky. Kids healthy. Mom's doing good. I mean, I have a good life. I, I, I have not much to complain about. I just had this conversation with my mom. Like, what the freaking hell do we have to complain about? Yes, we want things. We want better things. We want a better quality of life. We want comfort. We want to be able to have tacos without gaining 45 pounds just by smelling them. We want things. We want to live forever. Of course we do. But we know now that none of that shit matters and that we're not going to live forever. You're not going to live forever. We are so damn lucky to even exist. Let's talk about a big wad of sperm real quick, okay? Let's talk about that. How many little sperms come out of the testicles and go through the penis, come out of the pee hole and enter the vagina. And then they look around. Maybe they're pointed in the right spot. You know, you had the proper curve of the penis. You know, they're the proper curve of the penis. Mine is nice and curves kind of straight up when it's, uh, I know this is TMI, whatever. <laughs> but it's good. It's all right. And, you know, it's, it, it aims at where it needs to go. And then the sperm are like, ah, they come out. And it's, they're like bandits. They're like warriors. They're ready to take over the world. And here we are. There's the egg. Oh. And there's like millions of these little guys, like with this, this one little egg, just like poking at it, and poking at it, and poking at it. And many of them just can't get through that membrane. And then next thing you know, one, one sperm comes from your testes through the penis into the vagina, hits the egg, penetrates the membrane. It gets in there first. It wins. It crosses the line. It breaks the tape. The gun goes off. We have a champion. 
And that one sperm takes all of those traits from the father and puts them into the egg, which has been created by the mother. And and I know I'm not explaining anything that you don't know already. You know how babies are born. Most of you do. But I'm just telling you the rare chances. Any of those sperm could have gotten through and you'd be a different person, primarily a different person. And here we are. You know, some, something like nine months later, this literal, literal scientific miracle pops out of the vagina. Boom, there it is. Pull that thing out. Slap it around. Cut the cord. Yes, Kitty, I know I'm not talking about cat birth. I'm talking about human birth. So you just chill over there and keep your mouth shut. She's going to be vocal. I usually lock her up for these things. But I didn't feel like it. I'm just in a, it's an early morning thing. It's like nine o'clock. Took my kid to school this morning. Uh, the miracle that he is, scientific miracle. Dropped my car off at the shop to get looked at for them to tell me, you might as well turn this thing into a cube and get a new car, which I drive things to the wheels fall off. I don't like buying new cars. Anyway, I'll get to that later. But yeah, we're all miracles, man. So what do we have to bitch about? Yes, there's plenty of things to bitch about. But I've said this a thousand times. In the grand scheme of this endless universe that we know nothing about, we don't matter. Nothing that we did this morning matters. Uh, if, you know, I die tomorrow, a couple thousand people will be pretty upset. A few thousand more will hear about it and be like, oh, darn, that's, that's a shame. About 50 or 60 people will be really happy. And that's it. And then I'll be a Facebook memory from that point on. So what is any of this? What is any of this? What does it matter? What is my television network, Asai TV? What you can get now on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and at ASYTV.com. For only five bucks a month, 17 cents a day, less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks, less than that d- delicious breakfast burrito that I can't eat right now, but I really want, because I'm trying to lose weight. I have lost weight, and we'll talk about that as well later. But what does it all matter? I don't know. Neither do you. I know a lot of you put your, your, uh, your time and efforts and money into, a, uh, you know, into religion. A lot of us don't. A lot of us put stock into, yo, man, I'm going to get me a $5,000 car stereo and put it into a $2,000 car. And that, I'm getting text messages, that is what you... Uh, you put your stock into. That's what's important to you. Some of us put all of our efforts and time into businesses and, and our families. And there's, and that all matters to us, doesn't it? My, my cat matters, even though she's going to meow through the entire uh, broadcast here. And um, some would lose their mind about that and lock her up and yell at her and be like, shut up. I'm not going to do that today. I have done that, but I'm not going to do it today. <clears throat> because it doesn't matter, man. The only thing that matters are the memories you create. Now, does money matter? Because with money, you can create a lot of memories you wouldn't be able to create with, uh, without money. I'm having a bad couple months. My car just broke down. All kinds of stuff just happened. And uh, not going to complain about it because it doesn't matter. I'm still going to have good memories. I get to go see Judas Priest and with my kid tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. I'll talk about that at the next episode, I'm sure. 
um, hopefully for all positive reasons. The opening band is Sabaton, which is my kid's favorite band. So you got Sabaton for my kid and uh, Judas Priest for me. It's going to be a fun day. We're going to go to Meow Wolf tomorrow up in uh, the new third location up in Denver. You know, I mean, there's so much good stuff going on. I have nothing to complain about, man. I mean, I have plenty to complain about. Everybody does. But I also like to do another thing. Sometimes I do it every day. Sometimes I do it once a week, whenever, whenever it comes to mind. I like to concentrate on just what's going on around me. Like I said, my kid's healthy. Mom's doing good. They have roofs over their heads. They have food in the refrigerators and the cupboards. But then there's other things that we take for granted. Think about right now at this second. You can hear me, right? Can you hear me? I don't have any closed captions for this. So (laughs) you can obviously hear me. Why the hell aren't we grateful every single time we can hear anything from a pin drop to a bullhorn? Why aren't we grateful that we can listen to music, hear what's on the TV, listen to podcasts like this? We have functional ears. Now, some of you may be half deaf. Some of you may be hearing impaired. Some of you may have uh, just bad hearing overall. I have tinnitus from years and years of singing on stage and not using hearing protection. My fault. I did that. I got ringing in my ears that if I don't sleep with a fan on or a TV on or something, I don't sleep. It's simple as that. I have to be exhausted to be able to sleep because of this ringing in my ears. At times it's worse and at times it's better. It's whatever. But I'm grateful that I can talk into this microphone and I can hear myself through these headphones. I'm grateful but I got to listen to you know Jim Cornette's podcast this morning while I'm dropping a kid off to school. I, I just I get to hear my son's voice say, "Dad, I love you," and the other four words that he says to me as a teenage boy. I'm just grateful that I get to talk to my mom and hear her words, and that's just for my ears. Think about all the other senses. I'm grateful. To see all these squiggly lines keep going to the right on this editing software that I'm using to record this. I'm grateful to look around my uh, studio office here and seeing all the things that I've collected from the road, uh, from all the SI TV adventures and everything like that. Is my eyesight perfect? I don't, probably not, but it seems to work just fine to me. I got all these pictures on the wall, these mixed tiles that I ordered. You know, you, you send them pictures on your phone and then you send them back to get framed art. They stick to the wall. Love these things. I get to look at all of them. I guess my eyes work and I'm grateful for that. I'm looking at a big pile of books that my son and I wrote together and we got more on the way. Billy Fred Whopper goggles available on Amazon books right now. You can go to amazon.com, type in Billy Fred Whopper goggles and Boom. It's the book that my son and I wrote. It's available there now. And while you're doing that, be grateful that your eyes work, that you can get online and look this stuff up. Hey, kitty. Are you just going to do that the whole time? Because that will drive me crazy. But I'm grateful to hear her do it because my ears work. I'm grateful to look at her fuzzy ass right now, which is in my face. Because my eyes work. I know a lot of people lost their taste and their smell, uh, whether temporarily or prolonged, 
from COVID. I had a lot of friends that lost their taste and smell. I just had some delicious caramel coffee from Green Mountain, Green Mountain brand, whatever it is. Caramel vanilla coffee, which, believe it or not, there's no sugar or nothing in it. It's, it's wonderful. Try it. Little Keurig cups, you know. Tastes fine to me. Had some oatmeal this morning, some of that healthy 100-calorie oatmeal. Tasted fine. I'm grateful that I could taste it. I'm grateful that I could smell these things. I'm grateful because there's so many people out there that are grateful for other things, but they don't have those abilities that we have. When you're walking on a trail, I know I'm getting all hippie on you, and it's whatever, man. I'm in a mood today. That's why I'm doing this at 9 o'clock instead of like 6 o'clock at night like I normally do. I got some coffee in my system. The blood's raising. The heart's pumping. But I'm grateful for all of these things because other people don't have them. Look at your hand right now, your right hand. That's like the closest thing to a girlfriend I have at this point. Not only am I grateful that I, you know, my junk works and I can do that whenever I want to, um, I'm grateful to have the hand. I got friends that got sent overseas. I got out of the army 19 days, 18 days before 9-11. And I kept waiting for them to call me back. And if they would have, I would have gone because that's what I signed up for. But they didn't. So I didn't. But I got friends that got sent to Iraq and uh, friends that got sent to Afghanistan. A lot of them didn't come back. For what? Put it a pipeline across the freaking Afghanistan. That's pretty much what it was. To gain military strategic points against Iran. That's pretty much what it was. Everything else that they tell you is bullshit. And you know that. But I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road. Because I don't feel like it. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Things that happened decades ago don't matter anymore. They don't. We got to learn from those things. And then move forward and not make the same mistakes. That's the only way they matter. Because you can't change the past. It's like this whole cancel culture thing. Oh, so-and-so did something 30 years ago. Okay, is he doing it now? Did he learn from it? Did he make a mistake like we all do? Most likely. Now, if he didn't learn from it, then yeah, crucify that piece of shit. Boom. There you go. Oust him. Cancel him. Whatever you want to call it. But to sit and, you know, name one human being outside of Weird Al and Mr. Rogers and um, who's another wholesome type that's just, you name it. Name one person who hasn't screwed up on a monumental scale. I know I have. If people were really determined to cancel your friend Brandon here, I'd be canceled like a bad TV show. Trust me. Yeah, I've done some shit. I've done horrible things to people. I didn't never really with evil intentions whatsoever. But, you know, shit happens. Accidents happen. You get selfish. You, You have to do what you have to do to succeed. You have to beg, borrow, and steal sometimes. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, you say the worst possible things to the worst possible at the worst possible times. I've said everything. I'm a product of the 70s and 80s and 90s, okay? (laughs) 
I mean, we've all said things, horrible things. I grew up listening to Richard Pryor and, and Eddie Murphy and Sam Kinison and Andrew Dice Clay. <clears throat> You're telling me that um, any of that stuff aged well, as they say? No, none of that shit aged well whatsoever. It wasn't normal to be, you know, a homosexual back in the day. It was really weird and creepy and uh, only weird and creepy because we weren't, because we didn't know anything about it. It wasn't plastered on everything like it is now. The stereotypes of racism, no matter what color of the rainbow you call yourself, no matter how much skin pigmentation you have, back then, dude, we're, you know less than 20 years away from Martin Luther King and that whole thing. Kids don't realize. And let me go back to that. Kids don't realize. And I say kids, I mean anybody under 35, you're a kid. And you'll say the same thing when you're my age. You don't realize how much progress has been made in this country alone. Not to mention the entire planet. I mean, some places like in the Middle East where they're still doing the Stone Age philosophy stuff and stoning people and, you know, killing women because they didn't do what dad said and all this bullshit, uh, you know, genital mutilations and all this religious bullshit. It, um, they, you know, they're still stuck and they're going to be stuck for a very long time until the youth of those regions and those cultures stand up and say, okay, enough. But the kids in this country, let's stick to the United States of America, the kids don't realize how much progress has been made. I do, because I, I was in Detroit, downtown Detroit in the 70s. I spent most of my, like, t- between 20 and 23, I spent in Detroit seeing everything, saying the things that I said, seeing it on TV, just how lax it was. We were one of the very few white Families, I hate using the words white and black and whatever. I hate that shit. It's so divisive and just ugh, old, passe. But for the layments that are listening, the we were one of the few white families in our neighborhood. I didn't know any different. I was a kid in the 70s. I was a very small, ignorant, innocent child. I didn't know. We had people breaking into our house all the time. And I remember this. I remember a guy walking in, big guy. Of course, everything was big to me back then, but just in, uh, you know, this is a black guy. Walked into our house, emptied out our freezer and left. I remember various things happened. I've heard of many other things that have happened. You know, I don't, look at that as a, as a incident that a black person did. I would never say that. I don't care what color. It could have been a white person. It could have been 60% of this country is white. Okay. That means 60% of the assholes are white. I don't care about that stuff. And I'm so tired of it. None of it fucking matters anymore. You won't let yourselves on all sides of this matter. You will not let yourselves grow and dissolve the divisiveness. You will not let yourself. Because either you're still a stupid racist person who cares what color people's skin are. 
Did I say that right? Who cares what the color of people's skin might be? That's, that sounds more intelligent. Either you're an idiot like that, or you're on the other side where you're playing the card. And these are the extremists, where you're just playing the victim all the time. Even if you are a victim, don't play the victim, okay? That puts you in a diminished role. That puts you, makes you a victim. It makes you a victim if you're playing the victim, if you're clinging on to that. Well, this happened 450 years ago, okay. Well, my ancestors, okay. What is your excuse right now? And I'm not saying a lot of this stuff isn't deserved. Of course, like when you want to talk about like the police situation and killing people with more skin pigmentation than us, of course that happens. But you can't lump in you know, 20 or 30 cases a year with every cop on the street. That's going back to the black and white thing. There's no black and white. Everything is a minute differences in shades of gray. It's like saying all white people can't dance. That might be true, actually. I can't. But I'm sure there's many out there that can. It's like saying all Mexicans are are lazy and sleep next to cacti and without a sombrero over their head. No, that's not true. Some of the hardest working, amazing people I've ever met. Some of my favorite people in my life, like Letty and Elsa Garza, who taught me how to cook at El Dorado's restaurant in Michigan. I love those people to the end of the times. I don't look at them as Mexicans. I don't look at anybody for their nationality or their race or what color their skin is. Again, and I've said this on every episode we've done for years now, I only care about character, action, and skill. Now, what does that mean? Character, action, and skill. Well, someone's character is who they are. You're not your race. You're not your religion. Unless you're one of those people like, I'm a Christian. Like, that's the first thing that always comes out of their mouth when they describe themselves. Well, I could never, I am a Christian person. I'm like, who gives a shit? I hate that stuff so much. I do. I just hate it. I go, that is not your identity. That is your crutch. Okay. And I don't mean that derogatory. I, I mean that that is your crutch. That is what you rely on. Faith first, family second. No, fuck, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do not put Stone Age philosophies that are written to control the masses back thousands of years ago. Do not put that before your children who are sitting next to you, your parents, your, your sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles. They come first. That comes first. Followed most likely by whatever supports them, your business, your job, your career. You got to stop that stuff, people. You do. You just have to. I mean, it's just, it's over, okay? <laughs> it's going to be completely over within 100 years, hopefully sooner. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be around to see it. But, man, you, you got to stop that stuff. You do. You do. 
faith first. I am a Christian. But you don't, the color of your skin is not who you are. Your character is who you are. That is what I judge people by. If you're the kind of person that sees somebody walking up behind you and you wait an extra couple seconds just so you hold the door. So, I mean, what is holding the door for somebody? You know, it saves them two seconds of their life, but it's just a small gesture. I do that every time. I think that helps my character. It shows the person, whether it's a complete stranger or the closest person to me, that I care just enough. And it's just a small example, but that's character. Being honest, even to a fault. I have character flaws. Absolutely, I do. And you can either choose to work on them. I mean, you do as well. We can, we can work on these things or we can just accept them. Some, some of them you just have to accept. You do. <laughs> I don't like listening to people forcing me when I'm sitting on my couch or sitting here on my desk. I don't like people forcing me to listen to their shitty music outside. I don't care if it's my favorite song. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't give a shit. I don't want to listen to your music inside of my domain. Okay. I don't want to hear your shit. Drives me crazy to the point where I'm just gritting my teeth and clenching my fists because, I mean, it just makes you a douche. That, that right there, if you're thumping your shit, your shitty music, then that's character flaw in your action. And it's bad actions. When you're driving like an asshole, that is actions. That, those are your actions. I'm, everyone has to judge everyone on their actions. Otherwise, there's no civility. There's no civilization. There's no society. There's no populace. There's no, we have to judge each other on our actions. If you go up to somebody, you smile, shake their hand, well, sanitized, of course, and uh, that's the first thing you see about somebody, you can judge their character a little bit on that, on your first impression, and their actions are good. If you're smoking out inside of an entrance, that is a bad action that is just an asshole thing to do guess what i don't smoke i hate it i don't want my kid to walk through your shitty fucking smoke i hate that it makes me rage inside it makes me so fucking angry and that's a character flaw for me because i get really angry and i'm admitting this to you it's not often i'm a very laid back very chill guy but when it comes to little things like that People driving 75 and a 35, and then you stop at the next red light. There they are. Your actions are just shit if you're that person. I saw a guy today in a truck after dropping off my kid from school. A big-ass, you know, 1980s-style truck, huge tires, big American flag, big Trump 2024 flag on the other side. Hits the gas like literally a cloud of black smoke comes out and engulfs everybody around him. You are a piece of shit. That is all I need to know about your character. You are awful. You're a piece of garbage, a waste of flesh. If you died right now, 20 people would be upset. The rest of us would applaud. I mean that you're trash. I hate these people. And there's always like one just one out of a thousand cars is that guy. 
Those are shitty actions. You know what you're doing. You know you're co-rolling people. You know you're like, I'm a Trump guy. Yeah, I, I love Jesus, and I love Donald Trump, and I love my, my welding business. My family's after that somewhere. Guarantee you that's the order they would put their stuff into. You're all very predictable, just terrible people. Actions. Character. <clears throat> and then it brings, this, brings me personally to skill. You may not judge people on their skills. I have to. I'm in the entertainment business, okay? If I'm working with somebody in a television show and they're killing it, they're doing amazing, I don't have to tell them everything to say. I don't have to tell them how to say it. I don't have to direct anything. I'm pointing a camera at them and boom, magic. I work with hundreds of people like that. Skill. That's their skill. They're amazing. I was in the wrestling business forever. I've been in the ring with amazing wrestlers that, are 10 times as good as me. And then I've been in the ring with people that are pure shit. Skill. Doesn't mean they're bad people. Doesn't mean their actions are bad. Just you have to judge people on skill. That is just, that comes with respect. And respect is the umbrella over character, action, and skill. Because if you have a good character and your actions are pure and you have a high level of talent, especially with something that pertains to me or pertains to my business, then I'm going to respect you a lot more than if you're a piece of shit character, your actions are terrible and you have no skill, which is most people that are, (laughs) it's kind of funny how they correlate, isn't it? You've got, you know, the guy, let's, let's do Mr. Trump guy in the big truck, coal rolling people all day. You know, that guy looks in his side mirror Oh, that guy's got his window open, presses his gas. I watched it happen. And of course, he's got the big Trump flag in there, which is, you might as well tattoo, I'm an idiot on my forehead. On your forehead, not my forehead. (laughs) I would never, ever vote for Trump or promote him or say anything good because his character is shit. His actions have been reprehensible. And skill? What fucking skill has he got? Going bankrupt? Shitting all over women, being an elitist. Yeah, that's his skills. He's a good talker, and he knows how to brainwash stupid people, much in the light of Hitler and Mussolini and Stalin. Trust me. Read, people. Be smarter. Character, action, and skill, man. That is it. And I did take some notes. Of course, my notes are like way over here. Way beyond the, uh, way beyond the uh, level of headphone cable I have. Okay. I, I, here's the thing. I just hit record today. I set it up and I hit record. I have no idea what I want to talk about. I got a couple things written down. I have no, I didn't even look for um, <laughs> mail. So there's going to be no mail on this one. I did a uh, podcast, the new Asai TV podcast, which you can watch on the Asai TV Facebook page, and you can watch it on the Asai TV YouTube page. Um, It's a video deal, obviously. Episode one was supposed to feature uh, one of my childhood idols, uh, Stephen Piercy, who we filmed the uh, Nothing to Lose documentary for Asai TV on uh, with, and um, he was supposed to be my first guest, uh, but he stood me up, forgot. 
It happens. I only talked to him two hours before that, so, you know. Um, he thought he'd be back in time to do some stuff. He was not, and I'll forgive him. So I was online for an hour and a half waiting for him to answer and do this quick little interview, and it never happened. So hopefully I can make that up and uh, get this thing done soon for the next episode. We just said part one, change some of the verbiage, saying that uh, we're just talking about him instead of talking to him. So that was a little embarrassing. I'm a little pissed off about that, to be honest with you. Here's the thing, man. When I say none of this matters, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek. I say that in a universal statement. Nothing matters. It really doesn't. In the grand scheme of the universe, you don't matter. Anything you've ever done doesn't matter. Anything your parents and your grandparents have ever done, anything your kids will do, none of it freaking matters. I'm saying this to myself as well. But on a global scale, in a small circle scale, your small circle, my small circle, everybody's small circle, all of this shit matters. And the one thing that matters more than anything is time. Like, you can't look at me and tell me my kid doesn't matter. I know on a universal scale, he doesn't. He was born from ash. He will become ash. We will all be ash. You know, the world's going to end in a billion years. The sun's going to explode. None of this shit matters. We are just occupying ourselves until we, if we're lucky enough, we get those 80 years to play and then we die. And then there's nothing for way longer than we were something. Or maybe our frequencies go somewhere else. We have some kind of consciousness. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know until we die. Dead people know. Dead people know everything. Or the lights go out and then there's no reason to know anything because they're dead. (sighs) Am I depressing you? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not depressed with this stuff because it's just the mantra that I live by. I'm trying to have fun for these 80 feet. If I get 80 years to play, my grandmother had 72. Let's say I get 76. I want to have fun, man. I've only got 30 left. You know, <laughs> like, hello, I want to have a good time in these next 30 years. I don't want, you know, I'm trying to get healthy and so they can be better. That's the main thing. Make sure your bodies are set up for the long haul. But your inner circle, man, that is what you need to concentrate on. Concentrate on yourself. Make sure you're good enough to help others in your inner circle. My inner circle is my mom. My son, my daughter and her son who just joined that circle and, you know, the people that I work with, the side TV, that's it. I don't have a huge family. I know people that do have huge families. They have, you know, five sets of grandparents. If you get married, then you got four sets of grandparents and you got four, you know, all these different parents and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters and, and cousins and uncles and aunts. And I, I, that that would be great. I got a couple cousins in Phoenix, I think, and th- that's it. <laughs> that's really it. I have a very small family, but I got a family from pro wrestling who people I still talk to daily. Um, I got a family from Asai TV who I talk to these people daily. I have, you know, of course, I still got friends from the army. I've I've got friends everywhere. So that's part of my inner circle. But you have to concentrate on yourself. Those people to me, they matter. On a global inner circle scale. 
Anyways, man, what, was, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, the YouTube thing. Uh, yeah, we're going to start doing a bunch of little original shows on the YouTube channel. So um, we put up a couple of uh, Stephen Piercy documentary Nothing to Lose clips on there. And it blew up to the point where we're getting like hundreds of thousands of views, which is cool. Uh, we've monetized it now. So you can send, you know, super chats. And uh, we keep, I think we've already made like 252 bucks off of it. Let's see where we're at right now. Some of your comments, by the way, 97% of them are amazing. Let's see what this one says. Howdy from Brazil. Okay, well, that's a good one. But then you get just the stupid people. And I erase those, too, by the way. I don't want negativity all over my stuff. It's not my thing. Let's see. We've made $254.52 on the YouTube page in a week. So that's pretty cool. Um and we're going to really start pushing a lot of different, we got a game show that we're going to be doing called top five dead or alive, which is an online thing. Like it's, it's all online, like StreamYard, zoom type stuff. So I'm excited. It just gives me more to do. Um, it's not like I'm already releasing two more books to go there, eat that book and another book called uh, chicken snake and chupacabra cow that I wrote with my kid. Uh, those are being published. It's not like I'm putting together a, uh, Comic-Con event <laughs> next year in June 18th and 19th here in Colorado Springs, the Super Ultra Megacon. Uh, that is a wealth of work that I've just threw in my own lap because I thought it would be fun and make some money doing it. It's not like I have 35 different TV shows that I'm trying to keep filming episodes for and we're bringing on like 10 to 16 more. See how many of those actually follow through. There's all kinds of crap, man. And I uh, And by crap, I mean awesome stuff. But the YouTube page is going to be another one where we just add like three or four new shows that I could easily do and stick up on YouTube. Nothing I'd, I think I would ever put on a side TV. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, I like staying busy. I like that kind of stress, the stress of uh, creating and, and promoting and just having you know, adventures and, and, and journey, and just not punching a clock and saying and answering a phone for a cable company. No offense if that's what you do. It's not for me, okay? I don't want to dig a hole somewhere. I don't want to bag groceries for people. I can't. I physically and mentally cannot do that kind of stuff. So I'm bugging myself here and to just keep producing uh, new adventures and new journeys and new endeavors and this YouTube thing. Uh, blew up recently, like I said, so why not? Why not? So we'll be doing the Asai TV podcast, which is all about Asai TV. This is the Brandon Bishop podcast. This is about my thoughts and opinions. This is my therapy. This is my outlet. So that's what this is. And it's a audio podcast. The Asai TV podcast is all about Asai TV. We'll interview the homegrown talent and the, and the household names that we work with and uh, talk about their shows, and we got so many shows that we have already have a year's worth of subjects and uh, and guests and things like that. So I'm pretty excited about getting that going. I think I just like the uh, sound of my own voice, but I'm grateful to hear the sound of my own voice. See, I'm going back to that. I'm going to segue back and forth. Another thing that I'm really grateful for is uh, being able to just listen to music. Uh, today I want to talk to an old friend, Sammy Davis, not the Rat Packer, not Sammy Davis Jr. No, her name is Sammy, S-A-M-I Davis, D-A-V-I-S. Um, I've known her for almost a decade now. Just 
one of those people we're, we, we we're cut of the same cloth, I think, because not only do we have music in common, but, uh, she was into bodybuilding and just, just a beautiful person inside and out. Um, grateful to be a pal of hers. So I'm going to talk to her in a little bit, play a couple songs from, uh, I, I'm not sure if they're recent or whatever songs they are, but, um, yeah, definitely going to talk to her. And uh, I, I really want to know, because uh, I'm old school, like I said, I'm in late 40s now, and I want to know what it's like to be somebody who's at least 15 years younger than me in the music business now. I still release songs, like my my late great guitar player Dave Lukasik left me a lot of music to to put vocals over and drums over and stuff like that. But I have no idea what it's like to be out there grinding, trying to get you know record uh, label attention and being like a live performer and getting gigs and and dealing with the digital age and just all of this stuff. I have no idea what it's like, so I'm really interested in talking to her, and I hope you are as well to uh, kind of find out what it's like. Because I remember handing out flyers. Like I remember, like, I don't know. Do people still do that? Because I remember handing out flyers. We we didn't have like a computer to make the flyers. We took like pictures and cut them up and and you know words and stuff and cut them out of newspapers or whatever. Where whatever we could do, and we tape them to a page and go to Kinkos and print off like a thousand. Um, I remember booking live you know gigs at at venues. Like, to, to, are there still rock and roll venues out there for bands to play at? Even when I was in a cover band like seven eight years ago. We, we played at the local bars and the people would come out and they would rock out with us and it was fun. And that's actually how I met Sammy. So, but I'm really interested in, uh, learning, uh, what it's like to be a musician these days, especially with her. She's in a band called rocket surgeons. Um, uh, I think she's still with them, but I know she's got a lot of solo stuff now and it's great. She's such a good singer, such a great piano player. And I'm a big fan, big fan of her, her music, her ambition, her drive, and um, yeah, you know what? Let's just go ahead and uh, make that happen right now before uh, you have to listen too much of my uh, metaphysical bullshit that I've been spewing out today. I, I'm in a mood, man. When I'm in, like I said, this is my outlet, my therapy. Like whatever I'm feeling is going to come out on this deal. So um, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, don't listen. If you're offended, fine, be offended. Don't come back. If you're offended to the point where you feel you have to reach out to the world and say this Brandon Bishop guy is a complete piece of shit because of something he said. If you got that kind of time and energy, then maybe you should look at yourself and, re- and ask yourself why you have that much time and energy to devote to putting somebody down who's just wearing his heart on his sleeve. You know, <laughs> again, again, people, this cancel culture bullshit, this I'm a woke warrior is lame. Okay. All it, the bottom line of it all is you have a social media soapbox. You want attention. You want to get those precious likes. I got to get likes. I want people to retweet me. That is the bottom line because that triggers some kind of dopamine chemical reaction in your head where, Oh my God, I'm a celebrity. And you're not a celebrity because of any kind of talent, dare I say, character, action, or skill. You're latching on to issues and you're bringing them in. You're like a little barnacle on the side of a boat. And if you get enough barnacles on the side of the boat, the boat's going to sink. And that's what you hope happens, isn't it? But how about this? 
How about instead of trying to sink people's boats by latching onto them and it's my cause, it's my passion, it's my whatever. How about instead of all that, get a life, get a life of your own. Now, I'm not talking like Bill Cosby and stuff like that, who apparently raped a lot of people and should be called to justice. I'm not talking about pedophiles and rapists and murderers and stuff like that that happened 10, 20, 30, even 100 years ago. It doesn't matter. Those people should be called out. Those people should be brought in front of a judge and a jury and figure out what happens to them at that point. If it's a definite thing and they've definitely been proved to do these things and they're horrible people, I don't care if it's 200 years later, they should be held accountable and brought down. Yes, put all the barnacles on that boat. But if it's somebody acting inappropriately or something that somebody said or, you know, oh, I'm, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that, and, and it all depends on the person too, doesn't it? Oh, I, I like that person. So it's okay that Eddie Murphy used to use the word fag a hundred times during his concert. It's okay that Richard Pryor used to drop the N word all the time. It's okay that Andrew Dice Clay used to just completely decimate women. And it's okay, you know, that Sam Kennison would also just put down gays and all this stuff. It's okay because I like them. Personally, I love those people and their jokes. If they said them today, you know, and they don't work today because being gay is not like a thing anymore. It's just, okay, you're gay. So what? Move on. Why are you telling me? I don't care. Everyone's gay. Everyone has gay thoughts. Everyone has come out about this. Most of the Republicans that were fighting all the gay stuff are closet homosexuals like and it's out who gives a shit and i feel that way about race too i'm like okay i get it but it's not something i i have my own struggles okay i'm sorry it's like i have an inner circle to concentrate on you are not a part of it oh i feel that way about all causes okay you want to identify as a man awesome you're a man why does that concern me? I think more people should ask that question to themselves. Why does that concern me? What dog do I have in this fight? Why am I attaching myself to this issue? It makes no damn sense. Anyways, I want to talk about, uh, a little bit later, I want to talk about Gabby Petito, and uh, I want to talk about her douchebag, uh, Brian Laundrie. Um, I was going to tell you about my car. It broke down on the way from the airport. I'm a minimalist. I drive things till the wheels fall off. If I don't think there's a reason to get a new car, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to impress you with what I drive. Um, it's in the shop right now, whatever, I guess, hopefully by the end of this podcast, we'll find out exactly what's going to go on. Uh, my diet, I lost 15 pounds, gained six or seven back because I'm a piece of shit and I can't stick to anything because I'm addicted to eating crappy food. I haven't worked out at all this week because there's been so much going on. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll talk about it. I guess I'll just talk about the Gabby Petito thing later. I already talked about the YouTube thing. No fan questions because I haven't looked to see if we had any. Haven't asked for any, so we're not going to do that. But uh, I'm going to play a song right now uh, from Sammy Davis. And I love that name, too, by the way. And she owns it. I remember the first time I heard her name. Uh, it was from a, a, a mutual friend of ours named Adrian Osborne. Adrian, Adrian O is uh, her stage name. She's also a remarkable singer and uh, I think bass player. 
And uh, we did a concert with her band. We, I forgot the name of her band, a mild band, Slugworth, just a bunch of cover bands for a friend's birthday. And uh, I just saw Sammy up there. I think she sang a couple songs with them, just blown away by this girl. And um, I, you know, creepily probably asked, hey, what's her name? Like, <laughs> who is that? Who is that? Oh, I'm Brandon. I must know who every attractive woman in the bar is because I'm a creep, apparently. But, you know, you never know. You know, that's another thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sammy. I know. I'm going to get to your music in a second and we're going to give you a call and we're going to talk. But when uh, everything is so subjective, like, let's say, let's say there's a handsome gentleman named, I don't know, Brandon, and he's at a bar. I don't know why he's at a bar. He doesn't go to bars normally, but let, let's just say he's, he's at a, no, 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 screw the bar. I, I think bars are dead, but let's, let's say he's at, uh, Brandon is at, um, target. Okay. There's always beautiful women shopping at target. I don't know what it is. Maybe they like the color red, always beautiful women at target. And then there's a, you know, slightly less attractive guy. Let's just say his name's I don't know, Donald. That's a, the worst name I can think of right now. Um, so Donald's there and Brandon's there. And then there's this beautiful girl named, um, uh, I don't know. Why, why is the word ginger coming into my mind? Okay, ginger, for whatever reason. She's got red hair. She's got a shopping cart just full of bikinis and, and beauty products and tofu. And she's um, unbelievable. But she's one of these like woke warrior types, these little cancel culture types. Now, if Donald, ugly, fat, bloated, piece of crap Donald, um, walks up to her and goes, hey, how are you today? And he's very nice. For some reason, this Donald is just the nicest one. He's just not an attractive guy in most, you know, common stereotypes. And Donald's like, hi, how are you? He goes, my name's Donald, and uh, I'm just here getting some beef stew in a can by Hormel. You like that stuff? And she's like, no. No, thanks. I'm a vegetarian. Please leave me alone, and walks away. She can get online. Let's say, you know, she's bored and just likes to attach herself to causes and likes the attention and the likes and the comments that she'll get from it. Say, God, this gross. She takes a picture of Donald like when he walks away. This gross guy just hit on me at the at Target and ugh, God, he eats beef stew. He's just the grossest. Like when a guy is gonna realize I'm not at Target to meet a guy. Okay. She destroys Donald. Somehow it gets back to Donald and people are just talking shit about Donald, all the comments and oh he's nasty and wow, how can he just bother you at, at Target? And then okay, boom. Donald didn't know. Donald's just like, wow, she's attractive. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot my shot. Now, this amazing looking guy with beautiful teeth, no bald spot, uh, Brandon. Oh God, I mean, this guy is just freaking hot. Says the same thing with the same can of beef stew in her in his hand. Exact verbatim. Hi, I'm Brandon. Just uh, shopping here to get some beef stew. I noticed you here. I think you're incredible. Just wanted to say hi. Just shooting my shot, you know? Like, here's my card. You don't have to use it. Whatever. They both say the same things. 
But this girl's like, wow, Brandon is freaking gorgeous. She's like, oh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call. And she gets online and says, wow, I just met this amazing guy. He eats beef stew, but I can forgive him for that. I can change him. I can make him eat tofu. And then all the comments and likes are like, oh, my God, girl, give him a call. Oh, my God, he's so hot. Because she snapped a picture of him, too. It's the same thing, man. We don't, I don't hit on anybody anymore because personally, I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody. I don't want to date anybody at this particular moment. I don't want to. But what if Donald didn't do anything different than Brandon did? It, it's just, it's so dumb. You got to shoot your shot, man. Who knows? Maybe she was attractive to big, fat, bloated, ugly, orange-headed Donald. She's like, wow, I think you're gorgeous. You want to go to the political rally with me later on? She could have been all into him, but he didn't know. He's just, he didn't say anything offensive. He didn't grab her ass or touch her or do anything inappropriate. He just shot his shot. I don't know. This didn't happen to me by any means. This I, I just I've seen this happen so many times, and you know, the woman plays the victim. Why? Did it really ruin your whole day because someone came up and was nice to you and just made an attempt? I don't know, man. I'm so sick of the fragile eggshell freaking society that we have, and I just I'm, I'm so tired of it. Like I said, the real pieces of shit, the rapists, the murderers, the pedophiles, drag them down, man. Drag them down, wipe your feet on them. Let them lay in the sharp rocks of rock bottom. Let them rot in a prison cell. Kill them if you can. But there's a lot of people out there. I'm trying to think of something that I've done in my past. I mean, I've had business deals that have gone bad that I still regret to this day. That I've lost friends over, close friends. Not too long ago. No, six, seven years ago. I hate it. Like one of the first things I do when success comes, I won't say if, I will say when success comes, the first thing I do is mend that fence. It's just in my DNA. I I don't want to die with regrets. That's another thing. We got 80 years to play. Eliminate those regrets as soon as you can. Turn those regrets into something positive if you can. Anyway, speaking of something positive, I want to rock, rock, I want to rock, rock. And uh, Sammy Davis gave us some music here to play. I want to play a song, and then we're going to talk to her, and we'll play another song, and then we'll talk about some Gabby Petito stuff, because uh, it's everywhere. And I'm not going to talk about the case so much. You all know about it. I'm going to talk about the reactions of it, which pissed me off. So, you know me, I always got to talk about things that piss me off and uh, complain and whine and bitch and moan. But for once, let's do something positive. It's 22 past the hour. Traffic is clear here on a nice Tuesday morning. This is Sammy Davis with Uninvited.
me the chills not just because that song is just powerful and it's just it's it's new and it's good there's soul there's fire there's just you just want to flex every muscle in your body whatever little muscles i have left and just go thank you sammy for just releasing good music in this day and age i devastate Modern music because I hate it so much. I I I, I can't stand the, the lack of talent that goes into it. But then there's this whole underground thing that's that's getting more popular by the day of people like Sammy Davis and and just thousands of how many times do you see now? It's like crazy that it's um it, it's a rarity. It's like a novel thing to see on Instagram or something like some girl or some guy just like shredding a guitar, beating the shit out of some drums and just being like, wow, people are like, I, this is amazing. Like 20, 30 years ago when I was growing up, that was just commonplace. Like that was everywhere. But now people are like, wow, what is that thing that they're holding? And they're just plucking these strings with their fingers. What is that? Oh man, it's exciting for me too. It's just whenever I see somebody much younger than me, or even especially when I see like young kids, like nine year to 12 year old, 15 year olds, whatever, just kicking ass on a musical instrument and creating something wonderful, new and beautiful excites me. And that song excited me. So let's get on the horn. It is an actual horn. I have one side, it's a horn, and then there's a string attached to wherever she's at, and she has the other horn. And that's how we're going to do this thing. So if there's any audio issues, then somebody clipped the string or something. So let's talk to Sammy. Sammy. Hey. How you doing? Good, how are you? I like to scream people's names before mm-hmm. we start conversation. It's, it's one of those, like, it's a jolt, you know, like, Sammy. It, it is a little. It's a, it's a little aggressive for me. It's very early in the morning. <laughs> it is kind of early. I'm, I'm, I'm at that age now where it's, you know, you watch... Matt Locke with a nice prune juice. And, yeah. And then go. you get up really early in the morning and you talk to your friends. <laughs> Where did we meet? I think I remember. Um, I think it was, I think it was at a show. It was it at a place called Adrian's Cheers, shows. right? Yeah, I think so. Up in, I don't know where the hell north of Denver. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't even remember where that is. <laughs> what do you remember from that night? Because I remember very little. Um, I also remember very little, <laughs> so I think we're in the same boat, but I think we were watching, uh, one of Adrian, 
O's show. No, it wasn't Adrian O. It was a band that Adrian was in. It might have been Urban Dance Theory. That's what it like was. That. And then we played after yeah. them. Yeah, yes. With the yes. Slugworth band. Yes. That was the night, and I know this isn't about me and my uh, wonderful experiences whatsoever, but <laughs> that was the night I saw you, and mm-hmm. I was, and you sang a couple songs with them, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I was transfixed. Yeah, I was transfixed. <laughs> I'm like, who is that? Like, where do mm-hmm. I get more of your music? Like, how do I know mm-hmm. this person? And mm-hmm. I also remember I was I wasn't feeling good that day. I was pretty sick, and I mm-hmm. remember like, okay, I'm just gonna get some French fries. Mm-hmm. That'll you know soak up whatever's in, not making me yeah. feel good. So then I went to the bathroom and like literally, I know this is gross, but I threw up mm-hmm. everything. I threw up every fry that I ever <laughs> ate in my life. Like, and it wasn't, there was no, there was somebody in the toilet, so I couldn't do it there. So I had to do mm-hmm. it like in the, you know, the little trash bins that are connected to the walls with underneath the paper towel. Oh yeah. 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 And, and funny enough, the, the owner of the bar walks in. Oh God. So he Uh-oh. thinks I'm drunk off my ass, but I wasn't at all. You're just saying that sucks. Right. And, and and then I like I get on stage and you remember that little pinwheel light with the little pin lights that came off of it? Yeah, I think so. I unplugged it because it's annoying. I don't want to be like every other band that played here. This thing's annoying. I'm unplugging it. <laughs> so I didn't know who the owner was. And this guy shows up on stage and plugs it back in. I'm like, OK, I guess the little pin lights really important to him. So <laughs> And I don't know yeah, if you, just some random guy in the audience being I like, I like that. I light. like this light. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember, but I uh, used to jump around a lot and stuff and, you know, have some fun mm-hmm. on stage. And mm-hmm. I may have had a couple of drinks of me at that point. You know, it always helps. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. I stepped on that light <laughs> and broke it. <laughs> I didn't oh, mean no. to. I didn't mean to do it. I don't know if you were still there by the end of the night. But That's then the, that same guy gets up on stage, the same guy that was watching me vomit and unplug his light. <laughs> Gets on stage like with his finger right in my face and he's flipping me off. I'm like, who the oh fuck is God. this guy? I'm about to knock this guy completely on his ass. <laughs> and Brad, my guitar player, was just shaking his head like, no, 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 no. As no. if this guy, this bar owner is like, you know, like head of the KGB or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care who this guy is. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to knock him out if he doesn't get out of my face. And then Brad was, that's the owner of the bar. I'm like, oh. Oh, shit. So I ruined, it was like a couple people, it was like Ralph, remember Ralph? Yes, I do. Yes. It was his birthday, and then uh, Jay Quintana, who's my friend, mm-hmm. and it was both their birthday parties, and I ruined everything. <laughs> you ruined everything. But I met you. Of course. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and then totally. the last time I think I saw you in person, we were trying out for the It Factor in Denver. Oh yeah, the X Factor. X Factor, yeah, that's right. The it the it factor. The whatever factor. I don't care. I don't watch that <laughs> shit. <laughs> My friend Jack who was with me, who unfortunately has passed since um Aww, yeah, okay. he, he was a great guy, but had some things going on upstairs. Anyway, um mm-hmm. he talked me into it. He's like, dude, you gotta come with me. I'm like, all right, whatever. And we actually made it into like the alternate rounds. Yeah. The funny thing is he couldn't sing. He, oh, what? He was the worst. Like, now I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They didn't want that. They wanted people for, you know, to, to, to make fun of on camera. Yeah. And he that's made true. it on camera and got made fun of. Yep. Oh, poor guy. I'll never forget, you know, how they had those little partitions. He was singing uh, Dream On by Aerosmith, which, you know, we you don't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Don't even yeah. try that. Unless you're no. amazing, don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So I hear him singing every time that I, I'm like, okay, this is oh, not good. And then it gets to the drama. 
<laughs> like, oh, oh my, everyone oh stops my and looks. And I'm just like, oh no. And then he comes oh out no. with the freaking ticket. I couldn't believe it. Oh my God. It's, it, that's exact. I feel like exactly what it is. It's either you have to be really good or really bad. They oh. don't want anyone in the middle. <laughs> Love him to death, but he was terrible. Yeah. And I don't know why oh. you didn't make it farther because I think we were just kind of like, okay, they're good. But it's not exactly, we don't, we, but you should have made it though. Cause you're, well, you're good on camera. You're an amazing singer. You're talented. I, I don't. Then I was way too shy and I, I would like, I couldn't sing as well in front of people. And also I decided not to like tell my story during the second round. Cause I wanted to make it solely off of like my voice. And that was <laughs> a mistake. I should have told my story because I you think should have cried. Right. I should have started to cry and be like, really? Like, this means everything <laughs> to me. Like me. <laughs> this show that's been around for two years is just my lifelong right. goal. It's my life. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Like every time I say Simon Cowell's name, I just, you know, I, I orgasm. Right. That's just I what I, I should have said. Yeah, yeah, I shit my pants <laughs> every single time. Okay, time. enough of the pleasantries because we haven't actually talked on the phone for a while. So I know, um, it has th- been a while. This is just a couple of pals talking right now. I want to know, and I talked about this in the, in the preamble to uh, Colin, what is it like? Because I am old school and I never thought I'd, you, you never think you're old school until you realize you're old school. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I just said, I, I would be on the street on Gratiot Avenue in Detroit, passing out flyers when we were playing at the Ritz. You know, um, I, love that. I we re- recorded in an actual studio. You know, I mean, it was just <laughs> there was nightclubs that ruled the rock scene. And I worked for mm-hmm. all of them just to get my foot in every door. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I was a, just Old school as hell, man. The, the flyer wars were re- very real. It just <laughs> like all of these things. Like we'd have a little, like a little tape. I had a freaking cassette was my first recording ever, and you'd pass it out to your friends and try to sell them if you can. And it, <laughs> like, awesome. what is it like now? Because you're you're younger than me, but you're you're, you're yeah. kind of a grizzled vet though. What is it like now? Like, like back in the day, it was like, oh, I hope I get signed. We have mm-hmm. to get signed by a label. We have to go on yeah. tour opening for somebody and then hopefully advance. And, you know, we got to get on the road. We have to. That shit doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, it exists, but it's not yeah. anywhere it's near the same. Sure. What is it uh-huh. like now? Because you're releasing songs, you're releasing videos, you're releasing material, you're playing gigs everywhere. Tell me, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me, because I have no idea. Um, well, <clears throat> there's, I mean, there are some similarities, but I think, I guess the good thing about these days is you don't, like you said, you don't really need to be signed anymore to get notoriety because the internet and social media. And so if you can figure out how to work that system, you can have just as much success as someone who would get signed way back in the old days. (laughs) Hey, easy. Right. Um, And (laughs) so, (laughs) I mean, I think it's, it's easier in a way because you, more people have a chance to make it than they did before. But I also think it's kind of, it's a little bit difficult in a different way because social working social media is an art form and it takes time to learn how to do it well and how to get your music out there, like in front of 
many people. It's art. And, it's art. Yeah. It's science. It's history. It's, it's algebra. It's, it's trigonometry. <laughs> it's gym class. It's everything yeah. wrapped into one everything. and has everything. nothing to do with any of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, I'm still even learning how to try to get my my stuff out in front of more people. And honestly, yeah, of, of being a being signed would be easier to do that because they have those kinds of uh, that ability to be able to put you in front of many people. But there's definitely a way to do it now where you don't need to sell your soul to the devil (laughs) and be a part of a record label that's going to take all your music and you're not going to get paid anything until who knows when and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. I think there's uh, it, my problem with music right now, and and, and it's mm-hmm. a big problem because when you're in the trenches for decades, and you know what I mean by being in the trenches, playing the clubs, you know, just, yes. uh, doing the things. Uh, when you're stuff. in the trenches for so long, you respect only that. Mm-hmm. You don't respect people. I mean, it's an industry now. It's not art in, in, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like if you can be, you know, the baby who's a rapper, I guess, and yeah, just oh God, mumble yeah. some obscenities over a downloaded beat mm-hmm. and make millions. Mm-hmm. And people are dumb enough and brainwashed enough and programmed mm-hmm. to buy this stuff mm-hmm. or download it or whatever the hell. Yeah. And these people are just making, it's more about, I think it's more about image and mm-hmm. whatever, instead of actual content or context to the content Mm -hmm. isn't does that annoy you as much as it annoys me yeah I definitely I definitely think there are certain people that I listen to and I'm like how the hell did they (laughs) get famous at all like how did they even get like attention from anybody why is it called music make them famous yeah yeah it's it's definitely like I don't know the pop some of the pop I do like popular music there's some pop music that I really love um like a Dua Lipa and Billie Eilish. I really like that kind of pop, but there is some kind of like mumble rap. I'm not a a huge fan of. Well, I mean, even, Um, even Billie Eilish, who I could never name a single song. I couldn't, I I know who I know of her mainly Mm -hmm. because she said she didn't know who Van Halen was or something like that. Oh God, really? I didn't know that. And why would she, (laughs) she's 12. I don't know. But I, I, and my cat will be in the background meowing because that's just part of the podcast that we do here. But the, um, (laughs) <laughs> what the the thing is when if I've seen her like I didn't listen I probably had it on mute or something or scrolling through she had a band behind her mm-hmm. and she could sing her ass off yeah that is talent that is music yeah. there's always been garbage like I'm you know I grew up primarily listening to eighties music where there was mm-hmm. a lot of you know Devo and stuff like that but they still played their instruments yeah. and you know still yeah. wrote something. You know, and I could be a hypocrite. Absolutely. I could look back in the eighties and say, well, they just downloaded that beat or whatever. And, you know, just hit a drum machine or like even Mm -hmm. Phil Collins in the air tonight. That's a drum machine. You know, it's not until he comes in with a. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there's just a level of talent that I don't think people need anymore. They don't find it useful to have talent and still be a talented musician. I want a Grammy and I have no musical talent. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that. It, that's true. It's a lot. A lot of it is about, I guess, personality, quote unquote, even though I don't necessarily agree with the personalities that are picked. But um, I do think it's more about performing as a talent rather than like music as a talent, if that makes any sense or content. 
um, because a lot of the stuff now is online and it's not performances, at least for the past couple of years because of COVID, performance wasn't a big thing at all because it couldn't be. Isn't it but, cool so how I people think, figured it out though? Yeah. With online <laughs> and Zoom and streaming yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. Like musicians are like, well, I can't just sit here. Because yeah. you, you and I are in that same boat. Like, I couldn't just mm-hmm. sit here and do nothing. Like, that's mm-hmm. when the creativity creeps up and goes, ah, <laughs> Right? Yeah. It no, makes I, that exact I, noise. I'm a, Yeah, that exact noise. <laughs> totally. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it did in my head last night when I thought of my <laughs> new song. <laughs> well, we just listened to Uninvited, and I, yes. I talked a little bit afterwards about how it just gives me chills that there's like still good music out there. And I would mm-hmm. never, I think you know me better. I would never give you lip service on anything. If I really Appreciate didn't it. like the song, I'd be like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> that was, uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I really, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I really like the song. What is, Thank um, you. as a lyric guy and somebody who like, you know, I grew up on pink Floyd and the doors and, and things that are just lyrically, it, that doesn't really exist a whole lot anymore. <laughs> like yeah. everything's about look at my car, look at this, you know, how, yeah, I, right. how I treat women. Look at, I'm talking about the yeah. baby. I hate the baby. So I'm going to mention him 15 times and defamate his character. The <laughs> baby. That's your name. That is what you, you're the baby. Okay. Anyway, oh God. I'll shut up about the baby. It's not even the baby. I could see the baby. Okay. That's cool. Is it's, that really a person? Look I it up. Look it is. up. Listen okay. to one minute of the first song and then uh-huh. get some q-tips and wash your ears out okay sounds good it's the worst <laughs> shit i've ever heard anyway them in alcohol and just like put them in my ears you know what yeah. just, you don't need ears just burn them <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just burn them just, just put hot ears. pokers in your ears and and your eyes too if you're watching like the video <laughs> cut them off <laughs> right he was talented Send them to my ex. <laughs> hey um you know? uh beethoven was deaf you know what i'm saying yeah yes he, he figured good. it out so he anyway did. i uh what, what is that song about, and uh, when did that come about? And give me the uninvited insider uh, breaking news. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Where do I start? Um, well, so first the song is, I guess, about... Because I've, I've had a lot of toxic relationships in my life, and um, I've always been the one that will end up doing anything for the other person, even though that person is not willing to do anything for me. So it's like a a conditional love on their side where it's unconditional on my side. Um, and usually I'm the one that gets really hurt and beats myself up about what I did wrong to end the relationship. Um, and this song is kind of just about how me realizing that, no, it's not, it's not all my, all my fault. It's not me. It's it's the relationship sucked. And now I'm just kind of trying to basically tell that person that they're no longer allowed to be in my thoughts anymore. They're uninvited from my thinking. And it's kind of, it's kind of more me like talking to myself in a way, but also being, it's also sort of trying to be in an empowering thing. Like I don't deserve this. So you are no longer allowed to be inside my head. So that's kind of where it came up. Um, and it actually, I started writing it coming out of a toxic relationship and it was partly to try to make myself feel better, but also, um, to kind of express a new, uh, perspective that I had on 
past relationships. Aren't past relationships um, the greatest fodder and yeah. motivation for songs? Like half oh, of the yeah. songs I've ever written have just been direct ass jabs. Not half, yep. maybe a, a quarter. I've just been like, because I'm not the kind of person, I don't think you are the kind of person either that yells and screams uh, when you're breaking up with somebody. I'm kind of more no. like, a, I kind of take it in and go, okay, moving mm-hmm. on, moving on, lesson learned. But yeah. I have a song to write now. <laughs> and right. I'm actually hurt. So you're mm-hmm. you're fucked. You're like <laughs> this is this you're like our relationship may have only lasted a year, but our this song will last forever. And this will <laughs> you're, you yeah, lose. This song will never end. <laughs> I win, you lose. Exactly. You lose. Um yeah. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person that definitely gets really sad during breakups. I'm a very emotional person and I usually blame, blame myself, which makes it even worse. So I tend to have this period where I go into a dark hole and just watch chick flicks for days. (laughs) And then when I finally like come out of that, that's when I'm like, I wouldn't call it anger, but I'd call it like, uh, a heated motivation, I guess. And that's where like my, that's where uninvited came from. It was like, uh, kind of an fu to to wallowing in self pity. <laughs> What's the line in the song that sticks out the most to you? That kind of covers exactly what you wanted to cover. Oh, um, it's probably. Let's see. Uh, probably one of the ones in the chorus. Um, it's gonna take me. Sometimes I have to sing through my songs to get to the right, <laughs> right. like in my head. <laughs> Um, it's like a lyrical Rolodex in there. I get it. Trust right? me. Right. I know. It's like hard to just come in right at the middle of the song. Oh yeah. That, um, that line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's, uh, I guess want the one in the chorus, it's, uh, want me to change. I'll make it rain. Cause I'm the queen of my domain. And I spell rain, um, R E I G N like raining, like a, like ruler. Um, so it's basically saying that, this person has been trying to make me change all along. And now it's like, no, I'm not going to let you do that. Cause I, I'm the ruler of my own thinking and I'm the ruler of my life. And I'm not going to let someone come in and make me feel like I don't deserve to be who I am. So it's an audio middle finger. Yeah. Yes. There There's a lot is. of those. Oh, I love like, those. I mean, like, like the pre-chorus, um, F U C K O F F. Like I was just, <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt, <laughs> like just spell it out for them. <laughs> it's so great. So, uh, I, I take a more, like I said, I'm not an angry person in real life, but music and even like this podcast and things like that are very therapeutic and it's kind of my outlet. It's mm-hmm. where I get to just, you know, take everything on my chest, just put it all in boxes and go, here you go. It's yours now. Um, yeah, exactly. I've always been way more direct, like just mm-hmm. like <laughs> just the worst things. Mm-hmm. Like just, I just, oh, it's just, oh, it's, it's almost like bad rap music shade fighting, you know, like, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you're more uh, cryptic and uh, artistic with yeah. it. I try to be, I really try to be. It's just. Some things come to my mind. I'll start laughing hysterically and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. If I say I shouldn't write that, I, I usually end up in the song. Well, I usually I actually wish that I was more direct. And honestly, this this song is probably the most direct I've ever been. So I'm usually way more cryptic than this. Like, I don't spell out anything. Like The fact that I use the F word in the song is like totally weird for me. 
I'm a but, big fan of uh, Lily Allen. I am just a huge, yes. huge Lily Allen fan. And the stuff I like... I very much love that song. Oh, it's so <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah. But I think my favorite song is uh, It's Not Fair. Oh, yeah. It's like a mm-hmm. country scuffle song. It's just... Yeah. She's... T- I, like, if that song was about me, I would just dig a hole and stay in it forever. Uh, it, yeah. It's so perfect. And even Smile and things like that. I just... I like mm-hmm. that direct stuff as well. And uh, mm-hmm. not to mention, she's probably my celebrity crush, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I can't She's lie. pretty great. I like her, too. I love me some Lily Allen. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, another very personal song close to your heart would probably be this whole broccoli thing. I'm so confused. Oh, my I, God. I know you sing for a band called The Rocket Surgeons, which is, by the way, <laughs> yes. an, an amazing name. Uh, are you guys still <laughs> doing stuff? Because I know you're doing solo stuff now. But what was the broccoli thing? I watched the video 100 times. I shared it probably, you know, half those times and just because my friend did something awesome. And it, 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 <laughs> it seems so Japanese or so just, you know, crazy, weird, just broccoli. And that's like, is am I lying when I say it's kind of the biggest hit so far? I mean, you're not lying at all. And it's, it's <laughs> kind of hilarious that that's the one that ended up <laughs> getting huge. Um, yeah, it was, I think that when it started, uh, going viral, it was uh, shared by a vegan backpack like company, uh, Charlie Feast, <laughs> and that's kind of what started the the takeoff of that song. But yeah, I mean, I <sighs> it just drives <laughs> it. It, it kind of drives me crazy. I'm I'm so happy it caught fire. I really am. I, I was just like, oh my god, look at this! It's great. Um, but you know, we just played that uninvited song, which. Is so good, and it's like, where's the fire for that? You know what I mean? It's like I I think I know. I think we're just in this. I I don't want to call society stupid, but I think we're Mm -hmm. almost stupid. (laughs) I don't think we have a soul anymore. I don't think we have (laughs) like. I I just what happened to the heart? Like everything's about just oh broccoli yeah and, and it's yeah, it's right. such a fun song and i'm guilty of it as well but i i like it and i'm i'm proud of it through you know vicariously through you but it's just damn it there's so much like <laughs> awesome stuff sitting right here it's it's basically like you got a filet mignon sitting on the freaking mm-hmm. burner on the stove and someone comes up and eats a piece of bologna like what are you doing <laughs> like yes bologna's delicious i like it too it's bad for you but it's it's good and then you're, just, you're stuffing yourself full of processed meat when you got a steak right there that costs 14 dollars a pound what's wrong with you you know it's anyways right? <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I, I agree. And I've thought about this before. Like I love broccoli and that was like the most fun we've ever had, but it was definitely like our, Oh, this is just for fun song. And it was, we actually originally wrote it for uh, kids. I, I wasn't initially a part of the writing process. Honestly, I'm pretty sure that was my bandmate, um, Russell, uh, and my other bandmate, Joe. Um, I think they were the main ones to write. Um, same with, I think Kirby, who's our bass player, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't a part of the band when they wrote that song. So when I came in, we just decided to do the video because we thought it would be fun. And, um, they had just started a, uh, project called veggie beats and it was supposed to be, um, songs for kids to help them eat their vegetables. And so it was originally written for kids. And then, um, and that was like two years before it actually blew up. It ended up 
blowing up two years after we had made the music video and it ended up being this really popular thing for not just kids but adults and everyone it was just kind of mind-blowing how quickly it happened and it was so weird and random all right, that, um, that, that softens the burden for me a little bit. I'm not so upset. Yes. If it was meant for kids, because it was meant for kids, that is a straight up Disney Wiggles. You know what I mean? <laughs> that mm-hmm. belongs on Sesame Street. And and if that was the case, I'd be like, that's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But my, I'm just, no. I'm just talking comparisons. Like you have this oh, yeah. soulful no, stuff that's really personal, and it's the stuff that. <laughs> You want out there the stuff that you want to just, you know, like, oh, here it is. You're just giving birth yeah. to it. Like, ah. And then, yeah. you know, you just kind of like, like brush off like a broccoli song, like, like dandruff or something. And there no, it is. I, Everyone's like, I love dandruff. I love dandruff. I love dandruff. Well, I mean, like, if you, <laughs> if you think about it, a lot of, a lot of famous musicians, like their least favorite song is the one that's the most popular. Exactly. Which it's kind of weird. It's, it's like, and I think it's because like true musicians are artists. And so their most artsy music is not going to be as popular with people who aren't, who don't speak the language as well, who aren't musicians. Um, so I know. And I, I think there was some kind of a little bit of a shock factor in the broccoli thing, just cause it was so quirky and weird, but <laughs> now what's up with the rocket surgeons? Are you guys like still releasing oh. material touring? Uh, do you play that song yeah. live? We, we do. We play that song live. Is that online um, somewhere? Because I want to watch you guys play that live. It seems difficult on, to me. <laughs> live, uh, uh, online live. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like a YouTube click of you guys playing it live or something. Maybe. Um, I I don't know. I'll have to see if there's anything out there. I don't think we've specifically put anything up. That, that live, does not mean there's I'll nothing check. out there. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, there might be something out there. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, we're still, we're still, um, uh, doing shows and stuff every now and then. We actually have one on October 28th at the Marquee. Um, yeah, so... There's a Marquee in every single fun. major city. What are we talking, Denver? Okay, Marquee, Denver. Okay, yes, there you the Marquee go. in Denver. <laughs> you say Marquee, I'm thinking of the every old club I used to play in, in Detroit. The there, there is. We're doing a Marquee tour. <laughs> you should do a Marquee tour and be on the Marquee well, of the Marquee tour. Right. And I can open up for you and I'll be on the Marquee with the Marquee and the Marquee Perfect. tour. Perfect. <laughs> It's Marky Inception, right? Absolutely. Right? We could have Marky Mark and uh, I'll shut up now. Um, <laughs> I want to flip the script on you. Okay. Another thing I was extremely proud of you, um, and I never, it kind of came out of left field for me, uh, just being your friend. I get on, you know, you post some stuff and you're a bodybuilder now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that's out of the left field. Like I did never put those things together that that was even a passion or an interest. And you're really? not just a bodybuilder, but you're a damn like amazing one. Like, holy crap. You look like, like granite. Like someone just like, like Michelangelo was like just carving you out of marble or something. Like what, in, how did this happen? And like, is it just um, something where you have to, cause I, you know, I had music and then I got into this pro wrestling thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you, here I am in stretchy pants, you know, j- dropping on my head and getting hit with chairs and stuff for 20 freaking years. <laughs> it was so different than music. And I just needed that yin and that yang, that athletic thing that's just, you know, okay, I could be a badass and I could be artistic. And now I'm doing the TV mm-hmm. thing, which is like a little of all of it. It's, it's really weird. But is that yeah. kind of why you got into it? You just needed to kind of step away from music or did that come before music and then vice versa? Well, it kind of came before music because um, 
uh, before I even started pursuing being a musician, I was a synchronized swimmer. Um, what? And I was an internationally ranked synchronized swimmer. And so I... Um, <laughs> what? A, oh. I, yeah, yeah. So I've always been into sports and I was one of those that, like one of those people in high school, I was a jock. I literally never would go to parties. People stopped inviting me to things because they would literally say, oh, Sammy's, Sammy's at synchro practice. <laughs> so I kind of my life. I, my, I had the, I had dreams of going to the Olympics and, and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, so I, I ended up quitting that because of, a, a an event in my life that kind of changed my entire life. And, um, that's around, I was 19 around then and I started pursuing music. Um, are you going to tell so, me what changed your whole life or uh, is that super private? No, it's not. It's not super. A lot, a lot of people know it's, um, uh, my mom died when I was 19 and, uh, it was super hard period of my life. Um, and so I kind of quit everything, um, including synchronized swimming. Cause I just, I, I honestly felt numb and I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore or if I wanted to do anything. And so I kind of went into this hole for like six months after that happened and, um, finally realized that, life is short. I got to start trying to do something, trying to do something that I love. And so I, I basically, uh, took lessons on everything I ever wanted to do. Um, break dancing was one of those things. I'm not, I'm a horrible, horrible break dancer, but I tried. Um, is there such <laughs> thing as funny, a I, horrible break <laughs> dancer? I mean, you, you could pretty yes, much pull is. it off, like no matter what. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so someday I'll show you. <laughs> hey, you weren't around in the eighties when I took the cardboard, you know, box down to the basement with the super parachute pants on. I, this happened. Okay. This, oh, you could ask my mom, like, that's what I asked for. I asked for a Michael Jackson jacket, but I wanted the black one from beat it. And then I had the big parachute. Pa- I had a glove. I'm not lying. This happened, but I, I met you when you were around 19 or 20, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. It was, so, I mean, that's, that's a right around when I, like, it, I was probably, um, it was probably around a year after she passed that I started like doing music with Adrian, um, and, uh, stuff like that. And so, I mean, it, it took me a little bit to get into the music scene, but that's, that's the thing that I fell in love with. As soon as I started taking singing lessons, I was like, I actually really like this. I want to see where this will go. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. <laughs> how much was Adrian? Um, uh, and I, I love Adrian to death. I mean, what mm-hmm. a talented human, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of a influence was she and, uh, uh, did she open any doors for you, at least here in, in the Colorado area? Definitely. Like she is probably the reason why I have any career in the Denver music scene, because I started my career by working with her as her assistant and also as her sub. I, I think I was super shy about the idea of being on stage. So she kind of pushed me in the best way, not pushed me in a negative way, but pushed me to um, perform like with her and slash for her when she needed it. And honestly, I think if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't be where I am as a musician today. Great person. Just a genuine person. I've never heard or had any 
negativity with Adrian whatsoever. So talented. Yeah, me too. neither. I mm-hmm. actually, uh, what was the name of their band again? The the dance theory. Something. What is it? Oh, Urban Dance Urban, Theory. Yeah. Urban Dance Theory. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were playing at the Ritz here in Colorado Springs, which is now uh, Italian restaurant. Unfortunately, yeah. it was such a cool place oh, to play. This tiny clever. little stage, yeah. like right at, there was a window there, right behind you, with all the people walking by, and like. 40 people in that place would look like you sold out Madison Square Garden. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, they were playing there one day, and, and uh, we both used to do that CeeLo Green song, you know, the mm-hmm. F.U. song. Mm-hmm. And Slugworth mm-hmm. did it, and they did it. I didn't I, – I, they brought me on stage to sing it with them, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. they did it like two keys lower. <laughs> like, oh, God. And, I, you know, I've been singing the song every night for, what, a year and a half at that point mm-hmm. uh, with Slugworth. And I get mm-hmm. up there, and I couldn't hear anything. They they all had in-ears. They had no, oh, no monitors. Like, I don't think they had a monitor out front. They all had in-ears. I yeah. never used in-ears in my life. I've always had the floor and the side fills. <laughs> and I was just, <laughs> like, I hear the music, and I'm like, I think you're driving around town. Oh, no. I'm just like, this is not the same song at all. I'm sure you've been there at some point. What's the most embarrassing oh, yeah. thing that you've oh, ever done God. live on stage because uh, that was probably in my top five right there because I just sucked. It was a packed house. I was like, I got to go. You guys finish the song. It's in the wrong key. Oh. I'm going to go over here and drink myself to death now. <laughs> I'm going to go hide. I'm going to go hide um, and just leave. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of embarrassing moments because I, I worked as a full-time dueling piano player at Howl at the Moon for oh, man. six years. That is so much fun. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I think the most embarrassing times were, I, I remember one in particular <laughs> for some reason. It was um, Grenade by Bruno Mars. I was playing Grenade by Bruno Mars. And I, mid-song, completely blanked what the chords were. And I tried to keep <laughs> going, but I was playing, I, it, was, it sounded awful. And then one of my co-workers that happened to be there on his night off came up onto the stage and like spoke into my ear what the chords were and that, that was just like oh my god the most embarrassing thing I think I've ever But you know what I, I I like those moments. I mean if they happen 10 times during a show yeah. then you're just trash don't play live well yeah but if it happens once or <laughs> twice you can actually use that to be entertaining you know like oh, totally. you could just stop and be like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> I completely yeah. forgot this song even the like yeah. Metallica does that sometimes like I completely yeah. forgot this song um, yeah. So I, I love those moments. I mean, you're talking about it however many years later. So obviously you remember. Uh, yeah. So synchronized swimming. Yes. Yes. Back to that. <laughs> Break yes. dancing, piano oh, bar, Ugh, recording yes. and touring and, and being a musician, mm-hmm. bodybuilding. Well, mm-hmm. Did I miss any other things here? Are you maybe a, you know, three-star Michelin chef? Is it a, are you a, are you a. <laughs> I wish. Are you an arborist that takes care of, you know, certain trees and certain seasons? I, I, I think you. I think we have the, the the in common where it's like, I can't concentrate on one thing. There has to be fifty things. And like I was just yeah. saying on the podcast before I called, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I'm doing a comic con here pretty soon, which I want you to come and play at. By the way, that's next mm-hmm. June eighteenth and nineteenth. Um, I would love that. You're in. You're you're already booked. Just let's get it done. <laughs> Um, Sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm you know releasing books. I have uh, this te- television network. That's the main thing, and there's all mm-hmm. these different things. And it's like 
when is enough enough? And should I quit half of them and concentrate on one thing, which seemingly would be smart? Do you ever have this argument with yourself? Oh my God, all the time, because I, um, I consider myself a jack of all trades, but I'm not like, I don't think I'm like super like, like savant level talented at any one thing, which I, I kind of wish there was a part of me that stuck to one thing. So I would be like this amazing, um, piano player, an amazing singer or something like, I, I know I'm a good singer, but I feel like I'm not like operatic level. Like if I had really spent my time learning new things on one thing, I would be so much further in that one thing. But, but, then, but then again, you're good at what you do, though. Yes, and that's yes. you. Nobody can be Sammy Davis yes. and sing your songs yeah. and play your songs. I mean, they could I'm sing not, them and learn them, but they're not going to be you. Yeah. So and I'm you, not saying I'm bad at all by any means. No, you're, it's you're more amazing. like if I spent the time learning other things, practicing like piano, I would be like this amazing pianist at this point. When I, really, I just use piano to accompany myself. But as an artist, as an artist yeah. and as a, you know, we're all entrepreneurs. Do you get to the point where you think you've maxed out and then you're like, okay, I'm going to go train to be in another bodybuilding competition or I'm going to put on the parachute pants and get the cardboard box out and do some spinning moves on the floor. Uh, Do you get to that point? Because I do. I know that I get to that point. I got to that point in pro wrestling. I wrestled for 20 years and I'm like, I'm not going to keep doing this. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just done. Like, I've done everything I wanted to do. I never wanted to be a big rock and roll star or a big, you know, since I was a kid. It's not realistic right now for me to go, hey, I'm going to release this new One-Eyed Buffalo song and be, you know, get a million dollars off of it or get a record deal. I don't Mm -hmm. really want that. I'm doing what I want to do. Do you get to that point, though, where you're just like, okay, I need something new? Definitely. Um, I mean, that actually happened to me, um, from COVID really, because I, I was, I'd been doing dueling pianos for, I think seven years at that point. Um, and when COVID happened, I started thinking, well, I don't know if I really want to keep doing that anymore. I kind of want to pursue my own music and I've actually gotten into creating videos too. Like, um, I have a couple music videos online that I did all completely myself and discovered that that's a passion that I never realized I had. Um, and so a hundred percent, I, I get bored or sick of, or both, um, things at some point, And I'm like, I need a full career switch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, so back to totally square it. one. Yeah. Cause it's exciting to yeah. start over. It is. It's almost it like is. when you buy a, a, I do this every time I go to the store, I pick up a new uh, notebook pad, just like a paper. Mm. And every page, as soon as you open that thing, it's like, ooh, what's going to be on here, you know? And then you fill it up with stuff and you go, eh. And then you turn the page. Oh, there's another new page. This is awesome. You know, it's (laughs) like (laughs) I have so many of these stupid like notebook paper things where I'm just like, they're just full of nonsense. Like I'm going to, I'm going to build a space shuttle. Like, okay. Then the next page you're like, I'm going (laughs) to figure out how to make, uh, uh, what's the steak that's wrapped in bread? The steak that's wrapped in the, bread. The steak that's wrapped in phyllo dough, and it has like a. Uh, damn it! What the hell's it called? Uh, I'm not going to give know up what on that this. Is, but it sounds amazing. Oh, it's so good! It's like phyllo dough, and you put a, like a filet mignon in there with like mm-hmm. a like a little. Uh, I, I like like a mustard chutney type of thing in there. Oh my yeah. god! It's the thing. Like Gordon Ramsay makes them all the time. I've said this a thousand times. Why am I brain farting? I'm not giving up until we figure out what this is called. Okay. All right. All right. How can I help? Uh, it's a uh, beef Wellington. Thank you. <laughs> there oh we go. god! Okay. I had to think of the word beef. 
Okay. You're welcome. I know I helped so you, much. Whenever I think of Beef Wellington, I will think of Sammy Dan. <laughs> Great. I don't know how to take that. I don't. I wouldn't either. I, I don't know how to take any of this crap. So oh, I God. need to know. Um, I already know, but I want everybody who listens to this silly little uh, show. And believe it or not, people actually listen to me. Just Ooh. like the first like hour of this before you get on is just me rambling. So if you share it, make sure you say I come in at a certain point. It's okay. uh, I had nothing planned except for you. You're the whole reason I'm even doing this. I wasn't going to do this till next week. And um, I just decided, you know what? Let's just do a show. It's just me rambling about life and weird things and complaining and it. griping. It's, it's my therapy. I'm telling you, not only do I get to talk mm-hmm. to like, you know, awesome people and, and fa- friends and, and, you know, celebrities and stuff like that. I get to, um, I'm getting a call. Can you hear that? That's how ghetto this is right now. <laughs> it's actually my car I repair. You just had a brain fart. <laughs> it's my car repair place. And they're oh, calling me to yeah. tell me how much money I have to give them now. Oh, fun. So, yeah, I do got to wrap this up. But I want to know all the plugs, man. How can people find your music and social media crap? Tell me everything before I got to let you go. And then uh, I'm going to send you back into the void to uh, go be a rock star. All right. Um, well, so, I mean, I'm on Instagram. Um, let's start with that. Why not? Um, my page is S-A-M-I. It's Well, yes, it's actually I.am.sami dot davis it's a pain in the butt but (laughs) worth it (laughs) and then um i'm also on youtube i've been trying to create as many videos as i possibly can i do music videos i um also create videos about how i create my videos and uh songwriting how i create my songs um and you can find me um i don't I have quite enough people following me yet to have my own like backslash name. But if you look up Sammy Davis, S-A-M-I Davis on YouTube, should be able to find me. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Out of the really, 365 I'm- and sometimes 366 days in a year, mm-hmm. how many times, how many days are you asked about your name, Sammy Davis? Is that something your parents were just fans? I mean, I when I first heard you, I'm like Sammy Davis Jr. Like, what, really? Like, I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. Uh, but I thought he was dead. No, I love Sammy Davis Jr. Like, I love the whole Rat Pack thing. I like those old roasts. Remember the old uh, Man of the Hour like celebrity roast that they would do with Sinatra and uh, Dean Martin yeah. and everybody and Don Rickles, who was my hero. Like I loved those things and I loved Sammy Davis Jr. And it's a, it's a good name to be confused with, but uh, how many days a year would you say like are occupied with the, Oh, Sammy Davis, huh? You know, Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Um, quite a bit. Cause I've actually gotten to a point where I sort of use it to help people remember my name. So <laughs> it's a built in brand. Um, yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and that's kind of why I've kept it because I feel like Sammy Davis is an easy one to remember because it's already been made famous. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, I get it all the time and my, my parents actually didn't even realize it until after they had named me that my, because my full name is Samantha Davis. Um, so they didn't even think about the fact that one of my nicknames could be Sammy. And then they thought about the fact that it's, 
related to Sammy Davis Jr. So it wasn't on purpose. Um, it kind of just happened. And I think it's hilarious that I became a musician. <laughs> so I was like, I just got to keep this name. And I decided to spell it differently so that when people Google me, they don't just find Sammy Davis Jr. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, he sang about the candy man and you sing about broccoli. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of the same, but not really. Kind of. Totally. <laughs> well, I adore you, and I'm going to play um, a song called Seaside. Anything you want to say about that real quick? Um, no, just that it's my uh, newest single, and I'm also going to be releasing an underwater music video for it sometime in December. That so. is so cool. I can't wait to see all yeah. of it. I've never heard this song, so I can't wait to listen to it any, uh, uh, either. I'm, uh, tongue, I'm, I'm trying to hurry up now because my car guys are like calling me and they're like, uh, and I'm not a professional organization here whatsoever. Like you'll never hear commercials on this show because <laughs> nobody wants to pay me to air them. Uh, but people listen. I can't believe how many people listen. Like, like that's great. Two weeks ago, we had our biggest listener, whatever they call it. Is it listenership? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lis- listenership, listenership. Yeah. Hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for all of them to hear your music. And uh, what seaside is this? Is this, are, we, are we talking Atlanta, Atlantic, Pacific? Um, what what, well, what ocean not, were you thinking of or lake or whatever? It was actually more a metaphor about another toxic relationship. So oh, I didn't geez, really girl, actually think of home. any specific seaside. <laughs> I swear I don't only write about toxic relationships. That just happens to I'm be getting a little Taylor Swift vibe here. <laughs> right? No, yeah. Don't get on my like list. I kind of want to date you and break your heart now so I can have a song about me. That'd be amazing. (laughs) There's probably one for every boyfriend, just like Taylor Swift. Oh, I definitely have one for every girlfriend. Trust me. Uh, Yeah, it's true. It's a thing. (laughs) Well, I miss you. I love your face and I hope you, I wish you nothing but continued success. Uh, Let me know what I can do to uh, help uh, push that agenda. And uh, thanks for joining, man. I'll talk to you uh, offline and, uh, Let's uh, do uh, some, I don't know, vegan sushi or something soon. Is Ooh, bacon sushi. That sounds pretty good, actually, right now. <laughs> I said vegan, but, oh, but, but if I you like want to do bacon, I'm all in. I... <laughs> all right. Talk to you soon, anyway. lady. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've been swimming solo for my whole life. I thought that I was missing your light to guide me home. Hope I'd be the one that you'd say You're lost to see another castaway Just like me Where do I end and you begin? Trying to keep our heads above water We'll just end up drowning each other I don't remember who I am Drifted too far out in your ocean Following these crazy emotions We push and pull just like the tide Caught in the wake of you and I Trying too hard just to survive Watching our love go sailing by Every time we fall apart I lose more pieces of my heart We are as toxic as red tide Breaking like waves on the Been swimming solo for my whole life I thought that I was missing your light 
Side by Sammy Davis coming to uh, headphones or whatever the fuck near you. Uh, dude, I just, it's just one person sitting at a keyboard with actual talent writing amazing lyrics with actual talent singing with actual talent. Yes, all singers have effects on their voice. I'm sure she did as well, but it, she don't need it. I mean, <laughs> I just adore, like, I, I, I latch on to things, man. And I just, I've been a fan of hers since she was, like I said, 19 years old. Uh, that sounds creepy as hell. But I just, man, I just love talented people and people with drive and people that just say, forget it. Forget relying on anybody. Forget waiting on anybody. I'm going to do this, win or lose, succeed or fail. This is what I'm going to do. And this is just one of those people that do it. Why isn't that song everywhere? And I know there's millions of songs out there that probably should be everywhere. There's 400 million that should be nowhere. But this would be like in that top, like couple thousand songs that just deserve it, you know? She deserves this. She's worked her ass off, man. I just respect it. You know, I, I get giddy when I respect things. I enjoy people that can do things that I cannot. I enjoy people that do things that I do when they do them better. I get it all the time. Hey, Brandon, what do you think of this uh, documentary? Did you see it? I'm like, it's amazing. I wish I could film like that. I wish I could edit and, pr- and produce like that. And I hopefully will be able to. I try every day to get better and better. But for her to put that song out, I could never do that and make that. It's it's marketable, but it's still grassroots. It's still, it, you know, yes, there's electronic stuff going on in there, but it's still done with talent. 
She puts her fingers to the keys, her lips to the mic, and I'm just, oh, I love it. I love it so much. And I hope you did as well. Uh, find her, Sammy, S-A-M-I Davis. Just find it on YouTube. Um, build up her site. Give her the like and subscribe and the notification bell and all that shit that all of us YouTubers beg you for. Please, just like my stuff, please. Look her up on Facebook. Look her up on Instagram, all the social media stuff, Twitter, Sammy Davis. It's not that damn hard to figure it out. You like the music. I know you did. You're a moron if you don't like it. You have terrible taste in music if you didn't like that song. And I never want to know that you're listening to my podcast again. You don't get to watch a side TV. You don't get to buy my books. You don't get to do anything. Because if you don't like Sammy Davis and the talent that she's oozing, oozing through your speakers right now. I don't want you around me. You're not the kind of person I want to surround myself with. Anyways, I took a little break during that song to check my messages. Uh, My car is in the shop, like I said, and it's just, uh, they called me during the interview. And it's just a big question mark. They're like, why is all this oil all over your alternator and your belts and everything? It's going to chew through your belts and it's going to be bad. Why is there oil everywhere? I'm like, or power steering fluid everywhere. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why it's there. That's why I took it to you to figure out. (laughs) All over the news, uh, a beautiful 20-year-old-ish, I don't know, 19, 20, 21, um, girl named Gabby Petito has been everywhere. And, of course, uh, it's everywhere because people want to latch themselves to it and gain financial and get attention for being attached to it. And that's human nature. I've talked about this already. It's a little sad. It's a little pathetic at times. And you're like, well, Brandon, you're talking about it. I'm talking about something that's to the backdrop of that whole tragedy. I hope they find this Brian Laundry guy. I hope they beat the shit out of him or he's already dead being eaten by alligators. Um, it's true crime in real time. So of course it's going to get all the attention. And there's lots of plots and twists. It's a very marketable story, unfortunately. You have uh, a beautiful girl betrayed, most likely, by her fiancé. Everyone's in the van life. I love van life. I'm into it, too. I watch lots of van life YouTube shows. And you got that aspect to it. And you've got the cross-country aspect to it. you got the mountains. You've got New York involved. you got all, you know, Florida involved. you got all these different things. The guy's still missing. There's a lot of question marks everywhere. Now Dog the Fucking Bounty Hunter's involved with it. And Adam Walsh is involved with it. And all these people that have TV shows they're trying to promote are all over it. And even if I put, if even I'm guilty of it, if I put, you know, talking about Gabby Petito in my description of this episode... I'm guilty of it, too, because I put that there because I want you to listen to what I have to say about it. I'm a hypocrite. I admit it. You should, too. Dog the bounty hunter. And I, hey, maybe he'll find him, you know? (laughs) Maybe he'll find him and bring him to justice. Uh, Weirder things have happened. Have they actually weirder, weirder things happened? I just hate the, the, I hate two things about it. I hate the fact that it's been around long enough to where it's become a business. All the media outlets are top of the hour after these commercials. Gabby Petito. The search for Brian Laundry after these commercials. I hate that aspect of it, that it's being profitized and it's become a business. That's sad. This girl, no matter what you think about her, was murdered 
and left out in the middle of a field out in the mountains in a desert region, left to the elements, left to the wildlife, left to rot. It's fucking sad. And that should be the main focus. And for the most part, a lot of people are, uh, you know, it's a, it's a murder mystery. People love murder mysteries. My favorite show on Hulu right now is only murders in the building with, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and, and uh, the cute uh, Selena Vogue. I don't even what's Selena about that. Gomez. Yes, she's awesome in it. Oh, I just hate it. The other thing I hate the most about it now is the most pathetic thing about it. You're getting all of these people like, oh, oh, if she wasn't a blonde headed, blue eyed white girl. She would have gotten none of this attention. There are thousands of people of color out there that would never get this kind of coverage. Okay, maybe you're right. You probably are right. But how many of those stories, and this is sad, okay? I'm I'm coming at you from a media standpoint. How many of those stories are this marketable, have this many twists and turns, and have this much... uh, relatability to the public people love true crime stories okay and again i don't mean to like drive this point home but 60 percent of this country's you know white people <laughs> lame-ass white people that watch true crime shows okay this is relatable it's marketed towards them and that's fine you know, it, but the whole thing is nobody should give a shit what color her skin was. Back to that. I know I started off this whole podcast about that stuff, but nobody should say that. And you can't cover every single missing person. You can't cover every murder in this fucked up nation because that's all that you would have. You would have to have 50 net news networks running a new story every hour. So what do they do? They pick the most marketable ones. They pick the ones with the biggest uh, plot twists and the stories and the, and the swerves and the, the different layers. This has so many layers. But the first layer is this girl's dead. Her parents are just, I can't, none of us can imagine unless you've lost a child. None of us can imagine if you've lost a child, unless you've lost a child in a public stance like this, where everyone's looking at you, everyone's making their judgments. Social media has been horrific. The only thing, listen to me, you stupid motherfuckers, the only thing that you should ever write in a tragedy like this, you can put your thoughts and prayers, they do nothing, but you can put that if you want to. Condolences. How can I help? Do I need to donate blood or money? That's the only shit that you should be putting in these comment sections. Your jokes, your opinions, your conspiracy theories, unless they're grounded in some sort of proof or fact, mean nothing. They only make you look stupid. And I know the troll armies out there are just like, ha ha ha, this is an opportunity to get likes and attention and make myself laugh in, in my mom's basement while I'm eating you know, a bag of chips and dipping them into my belly button full of ranch dressing. Yay, I'm going to get likes and attention. That's what your life is? That is what your life is. 
and attaching yourself for attention and getting your precious likes by saying something like, oh, what about this girl? What about that girl? It's a tragedy as well. I hope it ends as good as it possibly can. But what about her? Does she have this kind of a story driving it? No. And that's why the media has attached itself to this. Honestly, I think they would have either way, no matter how much skin pigmentation Gabby Petito had, I truly believe that. This is a fucked up story. And they make money off of fucked up stories. You got the, the whole YouTube show and all that stuff. And the it's just, there's the, the, the body cameras from the, the cops. And I've been addicted to this story because I like true crime stuff. I'm a hypocrite. I told you that. I'm just angry at people that they have to lump everything together. They have to lump their agendas. They have to lump their me. What about me and how I feel? That's what you sound like. I swear that's what you sound like. What about this? And I'm going to be a warrior for that so you'll pay attention to me and how I feel. Shut the fuck up. I mean that in the nicest way I can possibly say it. Do something with your life, people. If you have a passion, go out there and live it to the fullest. If you have a career that you're passionate about, go out there and do the best job you can. If you're a complete loser with nothing going on, find something. Find your own goddamn identity and stop latching yourself on to all these different things, you fucking barnacles. You're sinking ships that don't need to be sink. Sunk. Sinked? I said sinked. <laughs> I tried to be assertive there and add a little vocal inflection and and drive home my point, and then I fuck it up with a missaid word. I'm an idiot. And I think that's all you need to know. I'm a complete idiot. So are you. Your opinions don't matter. My opinions only matter to people that press play. Anyways, listen to Sammy Davis. <laughs> Sammy's like horrified right now going, what? why is this got to be a segue to me? Like, he's, why are you so angry? Like, and then you talk about me. No, but listen to her stuff. Find her. Find the broccoli video from the Rocket Surgeons. It's classic. And dudes, just be good to each other. Be respectful. Don't smoke out in front of entrances. Don't boom your shitty music. Even if it is Sammy Davis's amazing stuff, don't boom it outside of people's windows and doors where they live. I love the song, but I don't want to hear it in my living room from your car stereo. Don't be a douchebag. Don't start fights and pretend like you're tough when you're probably not. What else, man? Don't chew with your mouth open and smack your lips. That's disgusting. I'm in, a, I'm in a weird mood now because I'm passionate about the stuff that I'm talking about. But I'm also, I just had a great conversation with a good friend. And my car's getting looked at. My cat has been somewhat quiet throughout this whole thing. That's awesome. And now my phone's buzzing in my pocket. And uh, there's kids screaming outside. So I think it's time to wrap it up. No mail today. I didn't uh, even look or ask for any. So if you got any questions for the old double B here, go ahead and uh, ask on social media. Find the Brandon Bishop podcast on Facebook or look up the Asai TV on Instagram or Asai TV on Twitter. Um, look up the YouTube page. Subscribe and like that thing. 
Uh, when you're done looking at Sammy's stuff, go over to the Asai TV, ASY TV YouTube page. All kinds of fun stuff on there. We're getting ready to uh, do more episodes of the Asai TV podcast with big names that you know. So I'm looking forward to just about everything. Just got a text from Meow Wolf. We're going to be filming my son's travel show there. So that's coming to Asai TV real soon. And uh, the new Meow Wolf up in Denver. And I'm uh, going to go see Judas Priest tomorrow. All of that's a uh, future story. So be good to each other. Be respectful. Don't be an asshole. See you next time.